Welcome back to the Micro Advice Podcast. Today, our spotlight is on Transformative Med, a Seattle-based SaaS company that helps providers and health systems address the last mile of care. What began as a project at the University of Washington Medical Center, today, Transformative Med is proud to serve more than 130 hospitals across the USA and is expanding internationally. To learn more about how they are delivering the highest quality experience to their customers, we're here with President and CEO, Doug Cusick. Doug, it is a sincere pleasure to speak with you today. Uh, Jim, thank you. It's such a pleasure for me to spend time with you today, and especially with all the news on, on uh, how this most recent COVID surge is, is challenging our physicians and nurses and our nation's hospital in so many ways. Thank you for having me in advance. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I'm really thrilled that you took the time to be here because I thoroughly enjoyed our last conversation and after you shared with me the website, I saw that on part of their, uh, your website, it clearly delineates some very specific ways transformative med is a game changer for EHR usability among clinicians. And when we spoke, you had discussed your customer centricity and some of the things you're doing around developing culture. And I wanted to dig into that with you. So why don't we get started with, since you assumed the role of CEO, some time ago, what sorts of ways have you instilled a focus on building a customer-centric culture? Well, Jim, thankfully, our co-founders created a customer-centric culture early on within the organization. Uh, I've just frankly secured that foundation and continue adding further initiatives and programs to propagate our customer-centric culture. Uh, and if, for instance, we deliver our solutions to our hospital providers in record time across the entire health systems, typically in as little as two to three months, giving these physicians and nurses much needed what we call quick wins on making their electronic health record clinically usable and giving their experience, giving them a much better experience with the electronic health record. Uh, you know, we're able to do this as we've spent the time necessary to standardize their clinical workflow and the content needed in order for each physician to practice medicine and utilize the clinical workflow specific to their specialty of medicine. You know, for example, the oncologist may require different information from the cardiologist in a specific format based on their real-time decision-making process but yet needing to stay coordinated across the patient's entire care team. You know, I'm showing my age a little bit here, but back when I was a kid, there was a, there was a, a show called Marcus Welby, MD. Uh, and in and, and that time, you had one doc who provided all your care. You know, it's not like that today. As a patient has a team of doctors in a hospital setting caring for them, and the key is that the care team you know, for them to collaborate in the most efficient manner in order to deliver the best possible care. This is where we step in to make the electronic health record much more usable for this care team to communicate and collaborate. Okay, that's interesting. And a very valid point about having the team of doctors now. I know just the other day I went in for a checkup, which relatively routine, and um, between blood work and other sorts of, of tests, I think I saw three or four people within that short time frame. Whereas years back, I remember, again, this totally routine. It was one person that kind of did their, their procedure to execute the checkup and that was it and you were done. So I take it medicine has become a lot more complicated, but probably a lot more effective over time. Doug, so 
you know, what sorts of mechanisms or activities do you do through transformative med to deliver a superior customer experience? So, and, and I take it just to level set, the customers here are the physicians or clinicians utilizing the EHR, right? That's correct. Um, provider systems. So if you think about the health systems across the U.S., uh, and as some of the more larger prevalent one here, at least in our backyard in Seattle, they're like Providence, right? So they're large health systems comprised of many hospitals, many clinic settings, uh, and many clinicians that support those, but primarily the nurses and doctors. So, yeah, so to, to be specific to your question, I mean, for us to deliver the best possible experience for our provider customers, specifically, again, the doctors and nurses who are on the front line treating their patients, um, many physicians have said to us that they couldn't practice medicine in the most efficient manner without our software solutions. This is a huge testament, Jim, as you would expect to our effort and dedication to positively changing the healthcare industry. Okay. So, you know, when you and I last spoke, well, it was a couple weeks ago, you had mentioned that you never lost a customer. And I, I was thrilled by that. I think that's amazing because so few organizations can say that in this time, this day and age, um, whether it be some type of churn or, or perhaps the customer needs to leave for other reasons. So how did you accomplish this? And how do you manage these scenarios or could give advice to a younger SaaS company to deploy some of the things you've done? Yeah, so I think it, um, it's a great question because I think firstly what I realized it, and many years ago, right, and I've been in healthcare IT for about 35 years. I'm a clinician by background as well. So experiencing it firsthand, I think, uh, helps a lot. But firstly, it begins with us creating the right culture and the working environment you know, for our employees, my fellow colleagues, uh, where they're encouraged to participate, to actively engage in our own decision-making process uh, within the company so that we can thoroughly evaluate the types of software applications that we bring to market. You know, and these applications, as you would expect, they, they must make a considerable difference in the clinician's experience. The usability of the electronic health record and the time efficiency gains, you know, enabling them to deliver better health care to their patients. And, and clinicians are, are busy, so the more time you can save them to actually deliver quality care, the better for all of us. I think secondly, Jim, we spend a lot of time, we being my colleagues and I, with, with both physicians and nurses across our large customer base, asking them questions on how to improve you know, their day and experience with their electronic health record, understanding their needs, their challenges, and yes, uh, even their frustrations. And then we weave that information back into our own processes to perfect and bring the best possible software solutions to them. You know, their participation effort requires generating a lot of customer loyalty to our products. And the more loyalty we have, the more they want to engage because they see the difference in, in that the solutions bring uh, to those points that I made earlier on, their usability, uh, making them much more comfortable with using, you know, the electronic health record, uh, alleviating frustration, burnout. We hear a lot about burnout in the press today where clinicians are just, they're tired. Uh, and especially with, with the surge in COVID uh, and certainly giving them back the time necessary to deliver patient care, which is why they went to school. That's incredible. Two key points in there that 
or music to my ears. One was voice of the customer and getting that feedback. But then two, using the feedback to understand the true pain points, you know, whether it be with, with a product or, you know, with a, a piece of software or tool or just in the job and then building your tools to help address that. And I, I think that is an absolutely incredible. Something I'm always thumping the table about through my content development of listen to the customer, understand the pain points, understand you know, how to alleviate those pain points through your product and service. So, so Doug, what does growth look like to you? What, is, what do you see as some of the ways that you intend to grow over the next three to five years? So the company's been doing well since being founded um, back in 2012, but we've really taken off over the last three years, especially as providers are increasingly vocal about their frustration with the electronic health record. You know, they're demanding embedded software solutions where they can take action without having to toggle over to another system in order to find the data that they need. And, and, and when they spend that kind of time outside of their clinical workflow, it's disruptive, right? And they're not able to take action from those separate systems. So being embedded within their electronic health record, the applications that we have is extremely important. And I, and I think this will continue to propel our growth even more in the coming years, uh, not only the U.S., but as you mentioned earlier on, also abroad in the selected markets, where those markets, and pick a country almost, they're experiencing the same challenges uh, in their health systems that we are in the USA today. Okay, that's fascinating. So, Doug, last question, and to wrap us up today, if you could offer one or two pieces of advice to either founders of a SaaS company or perhaps you know, leaders in more experienced uh, organizations, what would those tips be from, from your career and your lessons learned? Uh, that's an easy one, Jim. So I think firstly, you know, staying focused on providing solutions that really deliver immediate return on investment and is actually critical for their customers to do business. You know, along with being very easy to implement without a lot of information technology resources required from the customer, uh, in addition to kind of building the groundswell of loyalty to these solutions. Uh, and obviously at the price point, necessary in order to gain initial market entry. So I think those are probably two or three of my uh, in a most important points. And, uh, but if I were to, if I were to, to, um, uh, to kind of boil down the most important factor, it would be just very precision focus, right? And not going far outside of the wheelhouse that you exist in, right? Because I think there's so many opportunities in particular in healthcare uh, and every provider may have a different spin on what they believe should be the most important uh, aspect of where you should be making your investment in terms of solutions. So I think we're not lacking opportunity, but the point to stay focused in any organization, especially in a startup, uh, to bring solutions to market that really can be standardized within the health systems. And then as you continue to achieve success, continue to build in that wheelhouse providing more of those types of applications that providers really believe is critical uh, in a, for their own practice. Fascinating. And something that I hadn't thought of. So, so maybe last, last question, <laughs> now that you'd mentioned that. So you're saying, and I just want to clarify, make sure I understand right. 
start with one thing, focus, become almost precise and expertise in that one area. And then from that, use the spider web effect and, and fan out into maybe ancillary services off of that one thing. Is that an accurate statement or is that what you're suggesting? Absolutely. Much better said than uh, even me. So thank you for that. That's perfect. Okay. That's interesting. How have you, have you seen that work out well or, or maybe not so well where different organizations, you know, go like an inch deep and a mile wide? A- any stories there or any? Uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's a great thought, you know, whether you go, uh, broad and, and just skim the surface mm-hmm. and, or very narrow and, and go incredibly deep. We've, we've taken the latter, uh, yeah. philosophy and put it to work. So we do what we do well and we go incredibly deep, right. In providing more and more content, more and more detail around those specific solutions. And then you win the heart, minds and souls mm-hmm. of those clinicians using the solutions. And then you can begin to expand more broadly and go deep, expand, go deep, expand mm-hmm. and go deep. So our business has grown quite extensively in providing those types of applications, not just in their clinical workflows, but also what we call condition-specific workflows. Like, for instance, people going into the hospital with diabetes and providing a solution on really helping the physician across the care team uh, best treat it, right? Because we've realized years ago that um, the more accurate you are with treating uh, diabetes, along with other challenges that they have in the hospital, that the better the patient outcome. So bringing what we call condition-specific solutions to market has been one of those areas that we've increased broadly, but continue to go deep. Thank you so much for clarifying that. I, I really appreciate that anecdote because that, that to me is, is where uh, the rubber hits the road and some of this advice and some of the guidance that others can take and, and utilize in their own organizations. So Doug, thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments for Doug or myself, I will add our contact information in the box below. If you enjoyed this video, please like it, drop a comment. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Thank you all and have a great week. See you back here, same place, same time next week. Bye now.